You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, hello, hello. We are back here on the Locked On NFL podcast. I am Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. I write for ClaytonFootball.com. I work for Steeler Nation Radio, all sorts of things. I was a scout in the league for the Browns, which brings us to our friend Jeff Lloyd, host of Locked On Browns. And Jeff, I got to be honest. I mean, I've had you on a lot for these Sunday night shows. And (laughs) a couple reasons. First of all, you're a pretty damn cool dude to talk to. And your team might be the most interesting for good or bad or ugly or drama or hard knocks or whatever firings or Baker or, you know, whatever reason, they may be the most interesting team in the entire league. Look, you have a lot of youth here. And look, yeah. what, what is what is the one thing you're always looking for when you're a franchise trying to write yourself? You need the quarterback. You need that guy. With Baker today, and it's funny because with Todd Haley, Hugh Jackson, what you saw for the time he was with him is a guy who seemed like he was limited. And now in the last two weeks, with Freddie Kitchens, of all people, you're seeing some hard counts. And you're seeing Baker run to daylight on key situations where he's able to extend drives. You're seeing the development of this youth, whether it's a Nick Chubb at running back, Antonio Callaway. The 92-yard touchdown run, Antonio Callaway basically pointed – to the last hole for Nick Chubb to take it the last 50 yards. <laughs> you see, I mean, whether it's offense, defense, there's so much youth on this team, and there was a lot weighing on them with you know Todd and Hugh. And with that out of the building, you're starting to see with this nucleus, whether it's you know, 25 and a half, 26 years old and younger, you get more of a, and Matt, as much as you know football like I do, you're getting that, I, you know, I am my brother's keeper with these guys. So week in, week out, they're going to bat for each other, and they've got each other's back. And it was really fun to see this today because every single guy who dressed in this game today found a way to be a decisive part of a solid victory. And this wasn't just a victory. I mean, the other two were close. I mean, they went to with the Falcons. I mean, if you wanted to call it a 12-round fight, they won 10 out of 12. Oh, they yeah. just literally took them out. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, it's a coaching staff at this point that, hell, we got nothing to lose. You know, we're probably, you know, auditioning ourselves for another job somewhere else. Or who knows? Maybe they keep us around. And we saw Wishbone. We saw that throwback pass to Baker that didn't work. You know, but you're right. I mean, they're all young. And like you said, with youth, or kind of implied, they're very they're very talented and they're very volatile. There's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. And But if they can build a culture together for the first time maybe since the expansion, there's a chance. And if Baker is that leader that we saw at Oklahoma and all that, then you never know, man. Yeah, and that's just the thing. I mean, they're vibing off each other. You look at the passing game, obviously Baker with three touchdown passes. You know, the passing yards wasn't a big number, but nine different receivers. Everybody got a little taste. Exactly. And, and Baker, like, you know, because, you know, like we're, you know, some of the Browns fans were already talking about, you know, the future and what do you need? Baker Mayfield doesn't need stud wide receivers. No. Baker Mayfield needs guys who can run good routes and when they're open and the ball's on them, they're going to catch it. And we even said on the postgame show tonight, if you gave him five to six Dan, Danny Amendola's, he'd be fine. He can win with that because he's got that between the ears. And it's just so refreshing to see. And, you know, these guys needed this, especially going into the bye. Within the city of Cleveland, the Cavaliers, you know, they are just in a rough spot right now. 
There's no baseball. These guys get to be kings of the city for two weeks. Young, talented players, all got money, get to feel really, really good about themselves. And look, they play Cincinnati two more times. They play Cincinnati twice. They play Denver one more time. All of a sudden, the rest of this six-game slate looks like maybe there could be a couple of wins. And these guys need this confidence going forward because they're there for each other. But it's only going to translate if there's some wins. And now with three to this point, these guys are starting to see that all that they're doing is paying off. Yeah. Jeff, I, st- I steal an analogy from Daniel Jeremiah, who incidentally took my job at Cleveland, by the way. I'm pretty sure he had the exact same office after I was let go. But anyway. Former uh, guest <laughs> and a one-time guest of Lockdown Brown. Ah, very nice. DJ's a good dude. Um, yes, he is. But he has an analogy that quarterbacks are either trucks or trailers. And what he means is look at an 18-wheeler. You're either tr- carrying the trailer or you're being carried by those around you. And I've taken a step further and say, you know, I, I look at a train. I mean, are you the caboose or are you the locomotive or are you somewhere in between? And I think Baker might be a truck. You know, I don't think he is a trailer and most quarterbacks are. That's, I didn't think I'd ever say that. I mean, that is about as big a compliment as I could give him. Started this game on fire and, you know, it, it's all on him now. And he might just be the right guy for the job. They, they just gravitate towards him. Now, keep mm-hmm. in mind, all that these, these, this young roster has been through, your head coach gone, offensive coordinator gone, you've scored seven touchdowns in the last two weeks with, I mean, and, and jokingly, me and one of my frequent guests, we were calling him Todd Kitchens and saying before the firings that maybe he'd be a guy that get elevated. No, it's Freddie, and Freddie's good. And the one thing that you'd love to hear and now Freddie's just trying to got to make a better name for himself. And he said, I'm going to sit down. I sat down with the wide receivers. I sat down with the tight ends, the running backs, the quarterback. And what do you like? What works for you? And we hear this so many times when a rookie struggles. You know, oh, we went back and watched his college tape. We talked to his college coaches. We're going to try to bring this stuff into it. Freddie Kitchens, here's a guy in, in the dream position that he never thought he'd be in. And he did it right out of the gate. And everybody's comfortable, and it's just working really well. And the one thing we preached is, look, Greg Williams, you're playing the steel line at an insane amount of reps. But if you can control the clock offensively, I understand where you're coming from. And that's the way it was able to come through today. Yeah, these guys took a lot of the reps, but it's a lot different when it's in the 50s as opposed to in the 80s. Yeah, man, uh, no doubt. And... It, it's criminal that they didn't use Duke Johnson before the coaching changes. I mean, what on earth was going on there? That's just one example of how things have improved so drastically in just two weeks. Chubb, I know he didn't catch many passes in Georgia, and coming out of school, he was not considered a great receiver. But he's talented enough that you can throw the ball to him. I mean, he's not like me or you out there. I mean, he can catch a football and get upfield. I think he's an untapped resource in that regard. Um, but I really want to talk about the defense just before we, we wrap things up, because I, I know we could talk forever. I think <laughs> I think getting Joe Schobert back was huge, and he's a much better people out there than I bet most of the people listening realize. And I think it's telling, you kind of m- mentioned Garrett, that even when he doesn't go bonkers, you still got a really good performance from the defense overall. Well, the thing with Joe Schobert is, is you might talk about the Cleveland Browns defense, and you might mention four, five, six players sure. who are better defensive players before you get to Joe Schobert. But what you saw today is Joe Schobert, Joe Schobert is the quarterback of your defense, and you need that guy. And it's, it's you know, if you want to say it's old school, yeah, a defense runs through their middle linebacker. And you see 
the arms waving left and the right. Everybody's kind of keying in on him, like, look, am I in the right spot? And Joe gives him that lot nod and the arm, you know, move up, move back. And it's phenomenal to see. And, you know, the defensive line, you've got Garrett, you've got Ogan Joby, Jannard Avery, Emmanuel Ogbot. These guys are all good athletic guys, tons and tons of talent. And then you have Denzel Ward and Randall and uh, Body Calhoun finding himself a role again after being banished for about three or four weeks. TJ Carey, I had him in my score sheet today for five star plays. Wow. You know, Julio Jones got his seven for 107 and a touchdown, but he should have, if it weren't for TJ Carey, been for about 12 for, you know, 180. And that's the difference when you're playing these big teams. Look, sometimes a guy like Julio Jones is just going to eat and you got to deal with it. Just don't let him beat the daylights out of you. And that's what TJ Carey did today. Phenomenal effort. And everybody who put on a helmet today and fully dressed, everybody found some way to contribute offensively, defensively. Special teams still now and then is you know a work in progress, but that's the last thing you finish when you're a team like the Cleveland Browns. You get your first you know, 47, 48 guys in line, then worry about special teams afterwards. But it was just so good to see, and Joe Schobert is a key to this, and you know they've had a lot of injuries. They were able to get some guys back this week, but it flows through Joe and all the talent that is around him. Yeah, and I'd like to end these segments with just a little touch on the opponent of the day. From what I saw, I thought Matt Ryan played pretty well, but didn't get a lot of help from his receivers. Um, and overall, I mean, I think the Falcons are cooked. The problem with the Falcons is is th- that NFC South, they're all good. Right. They can all move the ball. They, they all can score. But it, you wonder about, you know, and obviously maybe the Saints debunked this a little bit today by dropping 51 in Cincinnati. Their comfort is there in, you know, now, the Falcons play nine dome games a year. You get to play a rotor in, in Tampa Bay. You get to play a road game in Carolina. There's 11 of your schedule right there. But when you get out, and it wasn't really a particularly bad day in Cleveland today at 40 degrees and it was sunny, but some teams, they just still don't translate to no, grass. Maybe some of that is missing Devontae Freeman, who's really the running back that I can trust for 15 to 20 carries. Coleman, Edo Smith, nice players but they're more modern day running backs where they can give you a little bit of everything you need when you're going to go outside in in this type of year, you need those guys that can just go straight North and South. That's one thing they're lacking, but granted the Browns are good at it. You know, I'm not sure the Falcons are cooked just yet, but these are not the matchups that are really, really good for Matt Ryan and his crew and what that offense can do. And by putting up 16 points against the Cleveland Browns is a prime example. Here's a team in the NFC South playing in their comfort zone is usually good for about 30. Yeah, and I think Chubb is that back you're referring to. But, Jeff, I want to tell everyone about my bookie. But before I do, um, obviously you're the host of Locked on Browns. But where can they find you on Twitter or anywhere else? Uh, you can follow the show at Locked on Browns. We keep the Twitter account as follow back because the, the fans are so great. They give me tons of ideas for the show. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, it, 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 it was a fun day, and, and this franchise needed it. And look, I mean, some people, you know, they're already eyes to the draft. We did our first draft show this week. But there's still some foot, good football to be played here. And when, when you have a right nucleus to build around, you're really going to look forward to these next six games for the Cleveland Browns because these guys are fun. They don't care what their record is. They're going to come in, and they're going to play whistle to whistle, first one to the last one, week in, week out. Jeff, I, I've been doing this a long time. I've been hosting a lot of podcasts, and I hope people listened on Friday when I went to my bookie, because I, I gave you guys a lot of good advice, I must say, and I made a couple ducats myself over these last few hours, 
And it's not, you know, it's just as important who you're betting on as who you're betting with. And I would only recommend a service to all you guys that's been good to me, which my bookie absolutely has been. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have live in-game betting. If you watch this game, be like, boy, my Falcons don't have it. Put a couple ducats on the brown, you would have been pretty happy. I like their (laughs) over-under on fantasy points and great player perks as well. But as I've mentioned many times, this the the my bookie service is doing such good work that they're slammed. So they have a, a special deal for you that if you deposit more than a hundred bucks, they're going to give you twenty five dollars free if you use our promo code Locked On Twenty Five as long as it's after seven o'clock Eastern. So if you're listening to Sunday night when I release it, go do it now. Um, so go visit my bookie online. That's M Y B O O K I E, and don't forget to use our promo code Locked On Twenty Five. That's Locked On Two Five. And you'll get a free 25 bucks on top of your already deposit. So wait a little bit until the evening. Make that happen. You win, You play. You win. You get paid. All right, all right. We are back. This had a really good conversation talking Browns. And now I'm going to go back to back in what I thought was the biggest game of the day. Titans and Patriots. We're going to start from the, the Titans side of things. And then I'm going to go over and talk Patriots. And with Patriots, I'm going to keep it a little more big picture. You know, is this is this the same team? And with and I want to start there with the Titans as well. We, we have Jimmy Morris on. Of course, he's host of Locked On Titans. And I look at this Titans team, and honestly, I kind of pat myself on the back a little bit and saying, I've been saying all along that I think this is the sixth playoff team in the AFC. The last couple of weeks I've said that especially after watching them across the pond when they didn't pull it out, but it was like, okay, Mariota's starting to round into shape. The people are starting to get a feel for the offense. This is going to be, at worst, I mean, maybe better, this is going to be a playoff team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Listen, the, the beginning of the year, I think, was not what we're going to expect from this team. Marcus Mariota got hurt in that week one game that was a wild game in Miami with the rain delays and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And he couldn't, he couldn't fill his hand until um, really after the bye week. So it was getting better. You could tell in, in London he threw the ball a little bit better. Um, but, you know, there was all the talk about the offense and when's it going to take off and, and all that kind of stuff. And now I think you're finally starting to see what this offense can be with a healthy Marcus Mariota. I mean, I think that's the biggest difference. I think that is the really the only change that they've made. Um, obviously, learning the system and all that stuff, you know, we had heard multiple people say that had been a part of this system install that it would take, you know, a, a few weeks to, to get everything going, and we were getting a little bit worried. And I think really it was just because Matt LaFleur couldn't do everything he wanted to do because he didn't have Marcus Mariota. You have a quarterback, right. Right, absolutely. <laughs> right. When you've got a guy that can only feel three of his five fingers, that, that can be an issue. Right. So now you know, now that that's, that that's resolved itself, and that's what they said after a few weeks, that that would, that would happen. Um, yeah, I mean, this is what they're going to be, and, and they've scored, you know, they scored 28 on Monday night, scored 30, 31 today, so 34, whatever it was. So, I mean, they're, they're starting to roll a little bit, and I think this is the team that we can expect to see going forward. I agree, and I've been a huge Mariota supporter since he came out of school, and I feel like at times I've had to make excuses for him, but I do think the health is the absolute key here. I thought he was very efficient. I thought he showed a lot of poise. He's keeping plays alive, but he's not just tucking and running to tuck it to run it. You know, I mean, he's, he's, he's setting things up and using his feet in a very efficient manner. Uh, are you a believer? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'm in the same camp as you. I mean, it's been, I feel like I'm always making excuses for him. Yeah. (laughs) And and that kind of stuff. And and it's, it's so much of it, like you said, has been health. So much of it has been the fact that he's had, you know, three different head coaches already, four different offensive coordinators. So, I mean, there's been a lot of change in his time here. But, yeah, more than anything else, he hasn't been able to consistently stay on the field. So now that we're actually seeing that from him, now that he's healthy in an offense that, you know, looks to to be suited to what he's able to do, unlike the offense he was in before, I I mean, I I still believe 100% that he's the franchise quarterback. He's He's the guy this team needs. And hopefully we'll continue to see that progress and see him grow into that role as he gets more comfortable in this offense. Yeah, I agree. And wisely, the offense now really goes through Deion Lewis in, all, you know, in the run and pass game. And that's great. And I do a lot of fantasy and I do you know, I write fantasy columns. And I've been praising Corey Davis forever. You know, in dynasty leagues, I own him everywhere. I mean, I think he's going to be a great player. But I've also been warning people, he's faced an unbelievable slate of really good corners. And I thought he was in for another tough day against Gilmore today, but he's the story of this game to me. Oh, absolutely. He was great. And, you know, they spent the number five overall pick on him. And in that game today, that's what you want a guy that you spend that pick on to Mm -hmm. beat. He did that against the Eagles as well. It seems like he only shows up in these really big games. And so, again, just hoping for more consistency out of him. And, look, you know, we're a year and a half in with him. He missed the majority of the year last year uh, with with a hamstring injury that slowed him down in games that he was in, but he missed a lot of games, missed time in training camp. Basically, missed all of training camp. He's coming from a small school. Right, coming from a small school, all those kind of things. And he didn't have a lot of prep coming up because he was hurt, you know, in the combine and all that kind of stuff. I don't think that offense helped him all that much either schematically. Right, exactly. (laughs) Now you're, again, starting to see – an offensive coordinator that is going to design plays to, you know, to help his guys out. And, I mean, that sounds so basic and so simple, but that's not what Terry Robisky did last year. No. And so you've seen them move him around a lot this year. Um, yeah, and he, I mean, he worked Stephen Gilmore today. Yeah, like, oh, that was him. a matchup that everybody was talking about coming in, and you saw the stats of all the guys that Gilmore had faced and hadn't given up any catches. And, honestly, he could have had a bigger day. There was one play where uh, they call, he got a pass interference call, there was another play where there should have been a fast interference call they didn't call. So, yeah, I, I mean, if we can start to see some consistency out of him and just consistency with him and Mariota, just getting everybody on the same page, then, you know, they've got some, they've got some talent there. Now, they need, they need more help uh, in the pass-catching department. They need one more guy. Quite enough, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, they had Delaney Walker, and he broke his foot in that mm-hmm. first game, and he's out and all that kind of stuff. But, hey, I mean, maybe they can manufacture enough to get through this year. Uh, like you said, I think they're at least on the cusp there. And then if they can get one more guy, then they could be really, really good next year. Yeah, and it's an aggressive front office. I think they will do that because they don't really have a lot of other needs. Um, I do think getting up early in this game and every game for them is key. And then you got to see Henry do what he does best, although I have mixed feelings as him as a player. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, Derrick Henry, you know, they, they've tried to jam him into that feature back role, and that just – it hasn't yeah. worked out. They he's not that, him. Yeah, and he's, he's just not that guy. Um, but he is a guy that if you can get him going late in a game, he's a big dude, he's tough to bring down, all that stuff. He doesn't run like – like when you, when you see him, you see his size and all that stuff, he doesn't run like you think he would run. He's not really a power runner. But he did it a little bit today. I mean, a couple of times he turned the corner. They, they ran the wildcat play with him, uh, ran an option with him the short side of the field. So they're, just, they're finding ways to creatively get him the ball. 
And that seems to suit him more than just trying to turn around and hand it to him a bunch of times. Everybody points to his role in Alabama. And look, when you can hand him the ball 40 times a game, <laughs> and sure. you're winning you're by gonna, 40, right? right? Winning, <laughs> yeah, exactly. NFL yeah, lineman blocking for you. Right. There, there's, no, there's no issue there. But that doesn't happen a lot in the NFL. You don't get in those game scripts too often. So, yeah, they, they've been a little bit smarter with the way they've used him over the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, again, just as, as these guys get here and get more familiar with what different guys – on the team can do, it just seems like the, the, the offense is, is getting better and better every week. Yeah, and Jimmy, I want to cap this off with the defense, and then I'm going to tell everyone about Vivid Seats, good friends of the Locked On Network. From what I saw, the defense, I think it's a really good defense, frankly. I mean, I know Malcolm Butler's had a tough year, but I don't see a lot of holes on this defense. Led by Jarrell Casey, as always, and people still don't realize how good he is. But I thought they got really good pressure on Brady. And I also want to mention Landry. I think Landry's going to be a star in this league. And I thought their coverage was excellent. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, listen, we were thrilled when they were able to get Landry in the second yeah. round. You know, they traded up in the first round, and I thought they were going to draft Landry there. Yeah, and they yeah, drafted yeah. Rashawn Evans. And, that, you know, just no idea that Landry would still be available on the second day. But, yeah, I mean, he's been really good. And if he can develop another move, I mean, he's obviously got the speed off the edge. If he can develop a counter move to that, he's going to be really, really dangerous. But like you said, Jarrell Casey's a star. Nobody knows about him because he's been on bad Titans teams his entire career. Um, but he's starting to get some of the recognition that he deserves. And, yeah, I mean, the, the secondary, with the, like you said, with the exception of Malcolm Butler. And, you know, his issue has been a, it's been a technique thing. It's not an ability thing. He just continues to look at the quarterback instead of his man, and, and guys put double moves on him, and he gets beat. So, um, yeah, they're playing really well. They dialed up a lot of blitzes today against Brady, which is something that you haven't seen teams do very much uh, in, in Brady's career. But this year, it has been – teams have been having more success blitzing him. And so the Titans kind of, you know, stayed with that today, were able to get pressure on him. They had him running around all day long. Uh, you know, they had two or three sacks, should have had two or three more. Um, and that's the key. You know, if you let him sit back there and find somebody, he's going to find somebody. But they were able to kind of make him uncomfortable – all day long. And like you said, I mean, they've been, you know, the number one scoring defense in the league and they've yeah. been what has kept the Titans in games early in this year. And now you're just hoping you get the offense combining with that and you could have a really good team. Yeah, I agree. And I think the future is very promising overall. Um, Jimmy, I'm going to tell everyone about vivid seats and maybe those Titan fans that were, were thinking about going to the game or not can use the service and get there. Cause it's a fun team. But before I do, where else can people find you on Twitter? I mean, besides the Locked on Titans podcast. Yeah, like you said, we're, on Locked, we're at Locked on Titans. And then I'm on Twitter at jmorrismcm and write for musiccitymiracles.com. Cool. We're covering the Titans for SB Nation. So I mentioned Vivid Seats, and I've told you about them before. I used them a couple weeks ago to get Metallica tickets. I'm going to be buying uh, Penn's tickets here coming up soon. They're starting to play a little bit better. All you Titans fans should definitely check it out to get to go see Mariota and company. Things are turning the right direction there. But Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace that's dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. Listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person with Vivid Seats. They, they, they help fans find their you know any of their li- favorite live events, sports, concerts, theater, stand-up, you know, any sport you want. Vivid Seats offers great prices and an easy purchasing experience. Trust me, it's very easy. I use their their online or their app all the time, and it's the best way to do it. So use our post our promo code locked on, all one word, all caps, and you get twenty bucks off your first order of two hundred dollars or more. So if you're a first time customer, so go to the App Store or Google Play and download Vivid Seats app. Enter promo code locked on, all one word, all caps, and receive twenty five or twenty dollars off. 
any order $200 or more, um, as long as you're a new customer of Vivid Seats. And of course, all Vivid Seats orders are confirmed and backed by a 100% guarantee. So that's something you just got to do. All right, we are back, and as promised, I brought on Mo Mark Schofield to, to clean up the show here, bring it on home, host of Locked On Patriots. I think this is the first time we've had the host of both the winning and losing team on this on the show on a Sunday night, but I think there's that the Patriots are a team that we really need to talk about right now, and Mark, first of all, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Matt. Good. Great to be with you, albeit under somewhat unfortunate circumstances from my point of view, but always bl a blast to be with you, buddy. Yeah, and, and I have some notes here I want to ask you about, but I know you know what you're talking about, and you've been doing this a long time, and I've been following you inside the pylon, and we've worked together here and there and crossed over at times. So what are you seeing today and from this team overall big picture? I think big picture, we're still trying to figure out exactly how good this team either is mm -hmm. or can be because you look at the three losses now, all road games, so you do start to look ahead now. If, if this is a situation where New England's going to have to win a, a playoff game away from Gillette Stadium, that seems to be a concern because in all three of their losses, they were on the road and they looked out of sorts in all of those losses. So that's sort of the big picture. But drilling down on it a little bit, uh, you do wonder about this offense, how good they can be if they are forced to put games into Tom Brady's hands. And I know that sounds almost sounds blasphemous. To right. say. It's, it sounds crazy to say, but they struggled today on first down situations. They were faced into a lot of second and long situations, a lot of third and long situations. And Tennessee, to their credit, they did a fantastic job up front. They were using a lot of that radar defensive alignment where you've got, you know, five, six, seven guys down in the box all in that two-point stance. You don't know who's coming in from where. Mm -hmm. And they really got after Brady. They pressured him. They made him uncomfortable. They forced him to do some throwaways. They hit him a ton. And if this is going to be sort of the situation where you expect a 41-year-old quarterback to perhaps have have that slippage it's going to be like we saw today games like this where he's forced off his spot where he's rattled and he's thrown in completions and so no it's a question mark right now Matt we want to see obviously this team is banged up they've got Sony Michelle back which helped uh, but they were playing without Rob Gronkowski. They decided to sit him, rest him for the, you know, they got the bye this week. But then they come back. Look, you've got a divisional game against the Jets. And say what you want about the Jets right now. Divisional games tend to be tough. And then they have a tough test with the Minnesota Vikings. And so it doesn't get easier coming out of that bye. No, they don't. And they're not in any jeopardy in the division. But like you no. said, I mean, you're playing for the bye week. And, you know, I do work here for Steeler Nation Radio. And I've been saying the Steelers ceiling is the three seed. You know, the Patriots are going to roll. They'll get better. But you see this game, and you're like, hmm, maybe the Steelers could get to the second seed and get a bye the way they're playing. Yeah, I mean, right. there's a window, certainly, for New England. If they keep playing like this, and those two you know, teams there's a meet. Yeah, those two teams meet, and it's a game in Pittsburgh. New England's done well in Pittsburgh sure. at times, but that's obviously a game when you look at those two teams last year. New England needed some breaks, and I'll put that sort of in quotes for you people watching <laughs> on TV. But New England needed some breaks to go their way to come out of, you know, Heinz Field with a win in that one. And so, you know, you imagine the Steelers. Are, the Steelers right now seem to be getting better each week, and we're still a little unsure about the Patriots week to week. And so that's usually a recipe for one team to beat the other, and I think you can see where I'm leaning on that one right now. Yeah, and that's easy to say on Sunday night after what these two teams did in Week 10. Um, you mentioned it with Brady, and he's the last human being I would ever doubt. <laughs> you know, I mean, right. I mean, it, it sounds crazy, like you said, but 
I think you agree with me that he's not playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. No, he's not. And what was interesting, Matt, and you know, this sometimes you see it happen to a lot of quarterbacks when they're getting pressured in the course of a game. You know, the mental clock gets sped up. They start getting the ball out quicker than they even should on given route designs. But there were some throws that he just flat out missed. And it was, you know, a situation where you're seeing him really speed himself up, speed the mechanics up. Mechani- mechanically, Brady is always so clean in the pocket. He works in the mechanics like a madman. But the mechanics seem sped up at times, too. He had a couple of routes sort of in the flat to the left, one to Chris Hogan, one to James White, that he just missed badly. One that sticks out in my mind was the play before halftime where they were just trying to get another five or six yards to get it sort of into field goal range and get some points and try to do that Patriots double dip where you score before the half, you get the ball, you score again and suddenly it's a completely different game but he just missed Hogan badly threw it well out of bounds and you see stuff like that you see him missing on throws it's hard not to wonder what's going on sure. when you, especially it's a 41 year old quarterback <laughs> right, right I mean he's my age and I can't get out of bed without aches and pains and <laughs> right. I don't have you know a private chef and pliability and avocado ice cream at my disposal so <laughs> i often call aaron Rodgers the great deodorant you know what i mean all right the, and of course brady's been the same and he's trying to make up for some stinky pits right now i mean o-line injuries and we saw more of them today gordon's with you know gordon shows promise but he's dropping balls he's got an injured finger yeah um, i mean going against a good defensive backfield but more than anything is the Gronk effect. I mean, I hate to say this, but I wonder if he's going to play next year or if he should. You know, I mean, backs don't get better. And yep. he's the second greatest Patriot ever. Or You know, you know what I mean? I mean, he's the most yep. valuable guy going. It's on yeah. him, Brady. It, it, it's a huge, huge question mark with Gronkowski right now. And, you know, it, it's something that we entered this season sort of handing over Patriots Nation because he made the comments after that Super Bowl loss seem to hint at maybe retiring. Look, he's a younger guy, yes, but it's a hard 29 or so because he's got a lot of mileage, a lot of injuries. And like you said, Matt, he came out of college with a back injury and they're saying that okay, it's spasms. It's not sort of a structural thing right now, but backs don't just get better after multiple surgeries. And so with the wear and tear that he's had on him, it would not surprise me at all, regardless of how the Patriots season ends up. If this is it, he hangs them up. He tries to be the next, you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, goes the WWE actor route going forward, which is something I think he'd be great at. But as far as the on the field stuff, and even when he's been on the field this year, it does seem like, yes, he's had the ankle in the back, but it does seem like he's not getting that separation. He's not running away from guys like he used no. to be able to do. And that's a big red flag as well. Yeah, it is. And I'm sure he's had a rough night or two off the field as well, you know. Hey, hey I mean, good for him. Gronk seems to live hard, but right. he does, you know, show up on, on game day, but, he, you know, the injuries seem to be taking a toll, and he does seem to be wearing down a bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched the Shark Week he was on over the summer right. or whatever it was, and I'm sitting there thinking, we might see a lot more of these over the next 10 years, you know. with I think so. Two ladies on his hips and having a good time, and good for yeah. him. I mean, go to the Hall of Fame, be great. Um, we have to talk about this defense, and then I have one other question, non-Patriots related for you. Run defense didn't look good. I mean, I think you'd probably agree with me that Stephon Gilmore's been their best defensive player this year, and he lost his battle with Corey Davis, who's a guy I'm really high on, but yep. we, we expected Gilmore to win that. Yeah, I mean, the the run defense struggled. You know, Tennessee was able to get some push inside. Deion Lewis, between the tackles, is a much better runner than I think he gets credit for oh, nationally, yeah. and I think people should really start to pay attention. He's not 
a pure scat back. He's a strong runner between the tackles. He showed that again today. Gilmore, it was, I mean, Corey Davis, I'm with you, Matt. He's a very good wide receiver, good, good size, length, athleticism, you know, speed downfield. And he got the better of Gilmore today, certainly. And this, you know, this defense, which we thought was perhaps turning a corner, they got pushed around a little bit. They did get some stops. Um, they did get a couple of critical, you know, punt situations, get one big three and out, give the ball back to the Patriots for a chance to make it a one score game. But the offense couldn't capitalize. But, yeah, I mean, the, the defense had a bad they were bad in all three phases from the opening kickoff, which was returned 50, 58 yards offense defense. They just missed field goal. They were just bad in all three phases. Yeah. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Mark, what's your Twitter handle, first of all? It's at Mark Schofield. I keep it nice and easy for people. There you go. I urge you to do that, of course, as I as I say about all the hosts that come on. But even on the Locked On Patriots podcast, he'll drift away from Patriots at times, often to talk quarterbacks. And I had Jimmy Morris on last segment from Locked On Titans. And what I was saying to him is, I've been a Mariota supporter really since day one. And then I kind of turned into a Mariota defender. Then I started to question myself a little, <laughs> you know, like right. he was hard to defend there for a while, but it almost reminded me of Sam Bradford early in his career. Like he's been injured. His supporting cast hasn't helped him. He's gone through a, a, the coaching staffs are terrible. He goes through coordinator after coordinator. But then after a while, you got to look in the mirror and say, well, other dudes have overcome these things. Um, I've been defending him all year because from what I understand, you know, Dr. Charles told us that this guy couldn't feel his fingers. Well, now it looks like he can. And I think he's evolving into what I thought he was to begin with. What's your take on him today and overall? I am exactly right there with you. Really? And he was my he was my QB one coming out that year. I had him over Winston. I thought he was a much better quarterback, much better pro prospect than I think a lot of people gave him credit for when you looked at what he was doing in that Oregon offense. But yeah, I've made that switch from you know supporter to defender <laughs> right. to a guy sort of looking in the mirror like, do I have to revisit my evaluation and see what <laughs> right. I missed on with him? But I think you look. At the game he had last week against Dallas, which I think was one of the better games we've ever seen him play, sure. particularly from the pocket. Good I was so impressed too. with what, and a good defense with his pre-snap, post-snap reads and things like that. I thought he was very impressive. And again today, New England did some stuff. They tried to contain him. They tried to mush rush him. They tried to show him some different looks. I thought he was fantastic in pre-snap phases. Matt sort of identifying what they were doing, made a lot of kill calls, got them into some advantageous looks based on adjustments at the line of scrimmage and made a number of great throws. Two straight, very good games from Mariota. I think those of us that were defenders of his can walk a little bit prouder over the next couple of weeks, you know, seeing what he's done in back-to-back games. Yeah, I mean, this offseason, I told everyone in the world that if I was picking up, you know, if I had first pick in the draft, I would take uh, Carson Wentz to start my team. And then I said Andrew Luck, if healthy. But I put Mariota just a smidge behind those guys. Like, if I was yeah. picking up teams, I might have taken him fifth overall or, or right in that neighborhood. And maybe that was a little rich, but I still am standing on that pedestal a little bit. Yeah, and I'm right there beside you, my friend. Very cool. Uh, obviously, he is at Mark Schofield. Obviously, he is at Locked on Patriots. Uh, what else do you do? I know a well, lot. Well, I mean, I do. I keep myself busy, just like you, my friend. The other places you can find me, I write for The Score, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, Big Blue View over at SB Nation, as well as Pro Football Weekly, where each week I break down Mitchell Trubisky and the trials and tribulations of their second-year quarterback for the Chicago Bears. So those are some other places you can check me out. 
Yeah, and Trubisky's starting to come along a little as well. Um, that he is. Yeah, good game today. I'm excited to watch that one too. Um, so everyone, this was a blast. This is one of my favorite Sundays thus far. Some really good conversations. I like getting this in your ear holes Sunday night so you can listen to it, you know, tonight or tomorrow or whatever. I urge you to check out the entire Locked On Network. And do me a favor, go to iTunes, leave me a review. You guys have been slacking in that department a little bit. And I will be back on Tuesday with Sage Rosenfels. Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus joins me Wednesday. My man Mike Sando on Friday, on Thursday. And then Friday I'll be picking games as always at my bookie. So that's a wrap. Take care.